0: Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithMatt.com, get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. Hey, you know, if you're listening to this show, uh, we're right in the midst of some pretty crazy times right now, and, you know, between staying safe between uh, kind of pivoting and a lot of us in business, we're working out what our business looks like and how things shift and change right now. Um, temporary or even permanent for some people, I wanna bring you some, some relevant interviews and some relevant topics and concepts that are gonna help you in your business today, right now. Um, I have a lot of interviews stacked that are ready to come out that I think are just incredible entrepreneurial interviews. But I put this one to the top of the line because my guest today, uh, is a cruise operator. And I think, you know, how relevant right now, we're talking about industries that have been impacted and shift. Um, my guest is Johannes uh, Volkner. I'm gonna try to not butcher his name. He's calling in from Spain right now. He started out in 2010 as a digital nomad. Uh, he loved the lifestyle, but felt lonely as he had trouble connecting with like-minded people on the road. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the digital and online marketing space, you relate to that. So he started one of the first Facebook groups for digital nomads, and we're going to define what that even means in the first place. And from there, he actually launched a cruise business out of his Facebook group, and we're going to get into that story quite a bit. He gets out of the winter and, and enjoys the ships. However, the ships are docked right now, so he has plenty of time, uh, unfortunately, but fortunately for us in a way to hang out and have this conversation. So without any further ado, Johannes, are you there and welcome to the show? Yeah, great
1: to be here, Matt, today.
0: Yeah, thanks for making the time. And I just want to first, you know, my condolences to yeah. your your current business model, obviously. Um, how are you doing? Are you staying safe? Um, how is Spain right now?
1: So right now, I'm actually in lo- in lockdown. This means that I am only allowed to leave the house if I want to go to the supermarket or, you know, or I need to go to the hairdresser, which is not so relevant for me, or... You know I need to go to the hospital to check if I'm infected so uh, it's a it's a bit of a strange time here now but you know I try to see the positive in it and I, I try to do workouts every day and try to just buy healthy food and you know make the best out of this unfortunate situation
0: right uh, you know I, I'm glad you you mentioned that just as a side note that buying healthy food I think um, it's fascinating to me that you go to the grocery store and beans are gone and canned food is gone, which, you know, that's what people do when they freak out and Mm. uh, toilet paper is gone. But then there's like, it's so, like I I was scared that when I first went to the store, I wonder if if anything's going to be left and everything's there and there's organic bananas and there's avocados and there's salad and there's like everything good and fresh is there and plentiful and life is continuing on. So many industries are continuing on. So I don't think we have, you know, um, we don't have something to be scared of, but we do have something that is making a major uh, change. And I I think, you know, whether it's nine 11 or a virus like this, or, you know, a major, uh, political shift, even that, like, those are the top two items that I think have changed industry more than anything in the last two decades. Um, but well, let's just, I want to get that kind of elephant out of the room for a second. So you are in the cruise business. That's your main staple of income and yeah. what you do. Um, before we get into the story behind it, which I want to do, I just want to say first, what are you doing right now as a pivot? I know you're you are going to be finding ways. Um, are you finding ways to generate income? Are you finding different ways to serve clients? Or are you just kind of in a holding pattern and hoping this thing clears up?
1: Uh, yeah. So basically what happened was that we were going to have a conference on a cruise ship uh, that was scheduled in about three weeks. And um, yeah, it, the cruise was going to leave from Colombia and go to Portugal. And we were like very uncertain about the whole situation. So all the, you know, all these travel bans came up and we were like, okay, this is not going to work. And people started to get really worried. So we canceled the trip and then also now the whole cruise line like that we were using, they also cancelled operation until May. And um yeah, that was super stressful. Um, you know, to decide this and think, you know, we put a lot of work into the trips that we we're organizing. We had some commitment with the cruise line and um, you know, figuring all these things out. But <clears throat> in the end, I was very happy that we made this decision already a while ago and That, you know, that, um, yeah, now, yeah, I mean, uh, we can, we kind of organize this trip, but I can, you know, think about the way of how we're running the business, we can fine tune a lot of processes, we can, I think that everyone like, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're not short of things that you can actually work on. And now I have time to focus on things that I was actually not even able to do for the last four years. So while this is super unfortunate, I try to see the best way in this best possible situation and hope that this gets better soon.
0: Yeah, seeing seeing the best in it is something that you know it's not about like ignoring what's going on, but certainly, you know when when <laughs> you you know I, I've done this in, in smaller you know ways. You know you've, you you yeah. find yourself you're working your butt off and then all of a sudden you get the flu for three days. And you're home and it's like, well, you know what, I guess it was a forced rest and I didn't want to, but I got to rest or I got to work on my book or I got to whatever it is, right? Even catch up on Netflix. It's like, there's, there's something that can come out of bad things that can become good. So have you found, have you found a pivot or are you just holding tight until things shift and change and then you're going to get right back into probably what you've been doing? Or is it just in, in a big unknown space?
1: Actually, one thing that we're going to do most probably, and I'm I'm just like, I'm just talking to different um, you know people I, like reassessing this idea is uh, we're going to start a network for nomads, a global network with live events, and um, it's something I've been doing, wanting to do like a long time to make it even easier, not just go on the cruise ship but just connect, and um, but it's something where you need like a few months to plan this out and to you know do these like set up this private network of, for these people. And um, that's something that I'm working on now. And um, yeah, I never really had the time to focus on something like this. And now, you know, I'm locked at home. There's not much I can do. And I I find this more interesting than watching TV. So um, yeah, so I, I basically work on some part that I was never even able to focus on because we were just going to go from, you know, organizing cruise to cruise. And then there's always some things you need to fix or you need to do. And now we kind of like pause the whole thing. And um, I have time to work on things that were always on my agenda, but I could never really do.
0: Uh, You know, I'm doing a lot of the same thing. And and I'm I'm glad to hear that because again, it it might, um, we just did an episode a couple of days ago talking about ways to continue to make money as an entrepreneur during, you know, the, the crisis and during this time. And, you know, one of those ways is not necessarily immediate, uh, revenue, but you're doing something, you're, you're working on setup revenue right now. You're working on setting something up that's going to be in the near future that yeah. you wouldn't have had time to do. So, um, good on you for that, man. Hey, I, I want to kind of speaking of pivot, I want to pivot into how you, before you got into this, you know, growing up, what area in the world did you grow up? I know you you're in Spain now. Um, I got a, a Germany address for you. Where did you grow up, and what was what was life as far as entrepreneurialism uh, when you were growing up? Or you, did you have a lemonade stand as a kid? Were your parents entrepreneurs? Were were you expected to absolutely be into a certain industry? Um, tell me a little bit about the kind of the childhood of Johannes.
1: Yeah, so actually, I grew up um, yeah in a small town in Germany, and my parents were nothing like not in the entrepreneurship at all. Actually, my my dad was a minister or is a minister, retired now. Um, So I was just, you know, growing up there, going to the same place on vacation every year. And um, I really wanted to, you know, see the world. So when the school was finished, I went to Australia uh, and I just traveled. I just really started to love traveling. So I was traveling a lot around the world. Eventually, I ended up in South Africa. And I studied there, and I met my my ex fiance, <laughs> and um, so I wanted to continue to live in Cape Town. And there, it was really, really hard for me to find a job that was paid well. And I realized, you know, the only way how I can make a good living is if I once, like, if I start my own business, and if I, you know... in to have the freedom that I can also go I go home and visit my friends in Germany. I need to have something that is online. And, um, and so how
0: old are you at this point when you are deciding this?
1: I was like uh, 24 years old.
0: Okay. So nice and young. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I actually, so yeah, well, this was, Yeah. 27 or something. Yeah. So a little bit older. I was 24 when I went to study in in South Africa and then I did some internship, but I always wanted to study tourism and I, you know, that was my thing, but I realized, you know, I need to do something online and now I end up doing tourism for people who work online. So it's good.
0: Wow. So, so you start doing something online. Did you have any other online businesses that you were um, you tried, tried and failed, or tried and had small success before you did the online tourism.
1: Yes, I did. So basically, my first job was being a virtual assistant because I had no clue about working online. And I, the the book that inspired me to work online and and um, you know do this, try this way in South Africa was this four hour work week. And Tim Ferriss was talking about virtual assistants. And I thought, you know, I'm in Germany, I'm, I'm in South Africa, so I don't know anything. So I can just be a virtual assistant by myself and get paid to learn, right? And um, so I got very, very fast. I was making more money than I was at, than at a tourism job I had in Cape Town at that time. And then the thing that happened is that I looked at this for a work week which is basically saying, you know, you need to have a muse and then you can build up some kind of online business. I didn't have any idea what I could do, but my mom had a business that was selling like cards online for therapy. And I did the right thing without knowing it. And I learned a little bit of PPC and we made some sales for these cards. And then these cards worked really, really well. And even until today...
0: Wait, what kind of cards are these...
1: It was like, um, you know, my mom, she had a depression and she, she, whenever she didn't feel good, she like things that she learned in therapy or in books or whatever, she just wrote it down like as little affirmations. And then the therapist saw this and they said like, oh, this is really nice. And it gave my mom the idea to just print these cards and sell them and um, so like no, affirmation
0: them cards them. people bought them just in a pack or one at a time yeah, and in
1: a pack in a pack like 72 cards
0: wow and, and So you're uh, selling card decks almost and you said you're using ppc so you're doing pay-per-click is it all through google and yes it was google advertising was, affirmation cards and starting to get some traction
1: exactly that was the that was the model and then we i figured that um, if I target a therapist, they would buy this and then their clients would use these cards as well. And um, yeah, we have sold a lot of this. And there are thousands of, uh, thousands of people now using these cards. And these cards allowed me to then, when the relationship in South Africa was over, to go and travel and see the world and run really... I took this four-hour week very serious. So I was traveling a lot and just running this business on the side.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds almost exactly like what, uh, what Tim's describing in the, in that early book yeah. <laughs> for, for, I mean, I remember I, I read that and it changed my life and I thought, man, why yeah. am I work? You know, it's like, why am I working so much? And even Tim, you know, he'll say he doesn't, he doesn't work four hours a, a week and he doesn't get anywhere near that. But certainly yeah. it's possible. So now yeah. you start making money as a virtual assistant, you start making money doing, online advertising for these cards, you're making a a physical, probably digital program uh, or products and you're selling stuff online. So now you know it's possible. Now you know that you can do this from South Africa, from Germany or wherever you want to go. What did you have any other uh, ventures into the online marketing world or into the business world before you got into this next bit?
1: No, no. I was just like, um, you know, I, I did this. I was like quite happy that it worked. And And then I was like, okay, I want to start my own, you know, my own ideas and um, eventually, but well, first I wanted to travel because I was really like, we had a breakup, you know, in in South Africa and I really didn't want to be in Cape Town anymore. And so I just started to go kite surfing actually in the Philippines and work from there. And then I went to South America and I traveled all over. And then I found, you know, like I saw I, I was traveling and running the business and then I, I met a lot of people, but never really anyone who was working online as well. And I really wanted to have this interaction or like, you know, hang out with people longer than just meeting them in a hostel or something. And um, yeah, so then I, I wrote a book with the best places. Uh, it was a travel guide for people who work online. It was an ebook, and I tried to promote it, but it didn't really work. But out of that, I then started the first Facebook group for digital nomads, because I really wanted to, you know, connect to more people who would also be traveling. Like now, there's a lot of people all over the world traveling and running their online business. But when I was doing it, there were like three blogs who were writing about this.
0: Yeah, this is crazy how quickly this has blown up. I mean, I just came back from um, a, a pretty big podcast conference put on by Podcast Magazine uh, about a week ago, just before everything yeah. was really like going nutso. So. And they're out of the, I was one of the 40 icons of influence that are podcasters represented there. They were there to book guests and meet people. Two of them had something to do with digital nomading, essentially, Um, you know, the, the traveling entrepreneur. I think one was like the digital nomad and they were both relatively new, but had taken off like wildfire. So I know this, this idea is incredible. There's a ton of people who want this, not just the millennial generation. It's like every generation. You know, there's the, there's the expat generation. Uh, well, I mean, that's not really a fair thing to say, but when I think of the expat generation, I think of people currently maybe in the forties, fifties, even sixties that have created that life of, I want, they've already said, I want to move and live somewhere else. So they got to figure out something new. And then you have the millennial generation and you have the Gen Z generation where they're like coming up instantly going, wait a minute, I don't have to have a job. I don't have to live in my small town or whatever so you started this Facebook group, I believe it was 2014. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's my point, I guess, is six years ago, almost seven, there was no one doing this really. Um, so your Facebook group is called global digital nomad network. And so yeah. guys, if you go to this, check this out, it's, it's incredible. You have like 47 something thousand members in the group, global digital nomad network. And you can go see Johannes's, uh, Uh, group and if you are a digital nomad or you want to be a digital nomad, I think you know what that means. Go check out that group. It's super active. Um, Again, it's one of the oldest groups on Facebook about this whole topic. And you have, uh, you know, I'm looking through it. You have some really engaged people, some engaged posts and threads and um, people helping people, people um, supporting each other, coming up with new ideas. And then of course, people that are traveling and sharing the stories and everything. When you first started that, Did you have any idea how far it would go?
1: No, I had no clue. I mean, I just, you know, basically what happened was that I started this ebook and the ebook didn't really work, right? To sell. So I invited everyone who bought my ebook, my little travel guide, which was like 130 people. And I invited them all into this Facebook group. And after a while, I had like 500 people who wanted to be in this group but only these 130 members. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to make it free for everyone because there's something out there. And then it was just growing really, really fast.
0: Can can I stop you right there and ask, so you said, I have almost 500 people that want to be in the group. Can I just kind of uh, break down a little bit of the pattern of, because I think there's power in Facebook groups and there's ways to do it right and ways to do it wrong. And I see a lot of people, like I've been added to groups so many times over the years. That's just, horrendous and like Mm. not a group I want to be a part of. So can we talk a little bit about the kind of do's and don'ts of a Facebook group? If you want to grow a real authentic community and use it as a launching pad, as you said, uh, you did for your business.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I think, I mean, a lot of people, they are starting groups where, you know, there's already 20,000 groups in the same market and there's really no need to start another group for entrepreneurs or another group, for just digital nomads, but there's a there's still like a need to start a Facebook group for digital nomads who are maybe right now in Costa Rica or who are in different places around the world. So it's about looking into the thing that is like actually needed right now and where people actually really need the information. So like a lot of the nomads who have been on our cruises or whatsoever, when they go now somewhere, And they don't find any Facebook group there. They just started themselves, right? And then they they provide the information. So you need to start some Facebook group that is like really relevant and that is not already where there's not already thousands of people doing the same.
0: Um, That's really good um, advice. I just wanted to stop there just for a quick second. You know, like again, right now, if you said I want to start a travel group or I want to start a parenting group, it's it's similar in the podcasting space where. If you go too vague and too general, it's like well, you, there's no way you're going to be able to dominate that or be no and, and be in that. that. You know, I have a friend named, uh, shout out to Brett Gregory who does uh, incredible Facebook ads and Facebook agency, and his one of his claim to fame's and rightly so is he had the biggest yoga Facebook group in all of Facebook with millions of people in it, and he started that again years before a time when you could say let's just make a yoga Facebook group. Now, mm. if you try to make a yoga Facebook group, it's not going to work. So to Johanna's point, you know, you, you get down to the detail enough. Maybe it's not just digital nomads in general, like he did six years ago. But you say it's digital nomads out of Costa Rica because of the tax rate. and you, We know a lot of influencers are going down there. Or you have digital nomads in Iceland, or I don't know what it is. Um, but at a certain level of detail, now you have this audience that is actually excited about this and is already looking for that. But if you go too detailed, you know, female digital nomads in Iceland who have dogs and like to go ice fishing, you might get so detailed that you have one member in your Facebook group and it's you. <laughs> yeah. so, so you started something a little more general, but it wasn't just entrepreneurs. It was digital entrepreneurs who want to travel, obviously digital nomads. And where did those first, when you said 500 people, I want to circle back to that real quick. 500 yeah. people said, I want to be a part of this. Was that just from finding it organically online, or was this from you're doing marketing efforts and talking to people? Were you initially charging for your 130 people, and then you you switched it to a free model? Can you talk a little bit about the early growth?
1: Initially, I I sold the ebook, and then I decided to, um, yeah. So I had the ebook initially, and then um, I just invited everyone who bought the ebook, and then I thought, you know, people are more likely to buy. The ebook. If I have a Facebook group connected to it, but the ebook was so cheap that, you know, it was like ten dollars ebook, and the whole model didn't really work. So I just thought I might as well just make the Facebook group for free, um, and yeah. So this was wor- this did uh, yeah, and I did not do any marketing. Like I never made marketing really for the group. One thing I do have though is that I also. had a website which is called webworktravel.com and this is where i had a little bit of a blog and i wrote about it so from there i did also market the group and i mean now this ranks really well for the term digital nomad because again i was the first one to write the article how to become a digital nomad um that was like also four or five years ago and now it's still now like there was a recent google update so it, it went down but that was like one other key thing where I got some people, but I never did besides that much marketing or anything.
0: So it sounds like, I mean, in a way, I don't know if we can prove it or not, but I think in a way we could credit you as sort of the the godfather of digital nomading, like like creating that term even, because if you're writing blogs and doing groups when no one's using that yet, this is kind of special, Johannes. I'm sitting here with, with the with the creator of digital nomad culture. You know, this is a pretty yeah, cool thing.
1: There were some people before me. There were some people before me who coined this term. Um, I would say, like, they had, but they had like forums, you know, paid forums.
0: Yes. So
1: what I realized, basically, so the thing was, I also wanted to start a paid forum, and this is also something that I'm, you know, considering to do now because I think that we can provide a lot more value. But at that time, my thought was that you know i bu- i had just bought one online course on conversion optimization and it was really expensive and this guy who at this time you know when i was deciding whether i should start a free facebook group or an online forum that guy even though we paid so much money people were not using this online forum so much and then later on he said like oh by the way there was also a facebook group that we had and then i see and he didn't really want to share it initially now people sell super expensive courses and they would still use like a facebook group or a slack chat or something and when i saw that you know even though people are spending so much money on a course and they're not using these groups anymore cuz they like to prefer to hang out on facebook in that moment i decided like okay i'm going to start a free group and you know take it from there
0: yeah that's outstanding um couple quick more things and then we'll we'll jump into the current industry too um, when, you, when you went from, say, you know, 130 to 500 to the next thousand, what were some of the, the best growth secrets to go from there to an engaged, which is really important, 47,000 in your group? Um, you talked about writing a new travel blog and instead of plugging your book, I'm sure you plug yeah. your book sometimes, but instead of directing all traffic to a book or to something else, you directed everything to this free Facebook group. What were some other strategies you used organically? Did you use any paid? What did you do to to really grow this over the years?
1: So, a Facebook group grows by being very active and then it's being shown to other people. That's how I believe our group is growing still. Like it grows by at the moment it grows by like 300 members each week, 100 to 300 or something. It's quite like a very natural growth. It just goes the same Way and now I want to make it actually a little bit more active and a little bit more interesting but the the thing that I did initially to grow it is you just keep it active if if Facebook sees that you have a small group and it's active and people are you know using it and they're commenting there, then it will show it to other people who are either in the same town or to friends who could be interested in it because maybe you already have like six seven friends who are in this group and then It's basically automatically growing, but you need to keep it active. Like, if you don't ask any question or anything, no one will ask to join this group. So, that's what I did. I was asking, you know, I was asking, like, oh, what is the best backpack for nomads? What is, how do you stay productive on the road? And, like, especially in the beginning, because there were not so many groups around this, like, we discussed every topic in detail. What they do and so all you can do is like you can look at other groups or in other countries or you know what are questions other people ask like on location nomad groups or in your topic and then just ask these questions and keep it active like this like keep the members there and then after a while they would start using uh, doing their own posts now like now i'm active again on this group because we cancelled this cruise and i want to like reconnect a little bit with the community there but In the last year, I did like not so much there, and it was just you know it still continues to grow and there's like so much momentum. There's a lot of spam that people post, but uh, still also some really good things. So we all some
0: of that for sure. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you? So you you gave a couple examples of questions, and I think this is incredibly relevant. because I I watch my friends and other marketers and and entrepreneurs on Facebook, whether it's on their pages, their profiles, or uh, in their groups. And one of the things people try to do is, you know, they're asking questions, right? They're like, Hey, what's your favorite movie? Or what's this? Or what's that? And they're, they're trying to, to have this balance of I'm the mentor, so to speak, right? I'm the expert because it's my group. And then they're trying to sell programs, products, and services out of the group. So you have this like on one side being the teacher mentor, so to speak, I'm the expert kind of, and Mm. then I want to share resources with y'all. But then on the other side, it's being, hey, this is just a group where I'm kind of moderating, facilitating, and you're all experts too. What I loved about your questions you asked, as simple as they were, what kind of backpack do you like? What I felt was it put the expertise onto the group. And Mm -hmm. you know, so like when I see something like that and someone says, Hey, can you give feedback on this book cover? Or Hey, do you have any, what's your favorite trick when you get to a hotel or whatever? I'm much more likely to stop. It's like some little part of my reptilian brain wants to be cool or wants to be unique or special or something, uh, and be accepted by people. So if I want to provide that value, I'm much more likely to answer that question and share my cool little backpack trick. And then, you know, rather than, answering the question of what's my greatest struggle or my greatest challenge right now. Am I reading too much into that? Or is yeah, that, is that sort I'm of a question so that you do where you put the expertise more onto them or do you I just ask whatever questions?
1: Thought about it like this, but it, it is in a way it is true because I mean, you know, when I started out, I had no more clue than anyone else in the group about this whole topic. Right. Okay. So I'm not even like, I don't wouldn't even see myself as the expert. I just was the one who connected everyone, right? And I, I still think the same, even like one thing that I always try to do, and I think that is a important tip, is like I'm trying or I mean, I'm trying to be very neutral on things. I'm not trying, you know, to get into the trouble. I'm not trying to be the one who tells other people what they need to do. But I just say like, okay, here, these are the things, let's talk about this, let's talk about this, but I'm not the one who makes opinions like they can, people can make their own opinions. And this also with organizing, you know, a cruise for, for sometimes over 500 people on the same ship. I'm always trying to be very neutral. Like I'm not trying, like unless I'm like 100% sure that this is the thing to do or someone is really not acting the way otherwise. And this has helped me a lot with something like this, not to actually polarize so much it depends a little bit on what you do and and what is your profession. But sometimes with these types of groups, that is a good strategy. I would say
0: very, very good. I love that. Okay. So can we talk about launching a cruise business out of the Facebook group? I said we get back to that and I want to kind of, as we wind down here in our time together, um, I want to get into that. Were there any missteps along the way? So you have this group and you have this interactive group and you know, you're, you're growing it and people appreciate it and it's all good. Now you say, I'm going to launch this idea. Hey, who'd be interested in a cruise? Can you talk about sort of the first, the ways that you introduced the idea and then what went well and were there any missteps in, in launching this cruise business out of your group? So this entire launch
1: from starting this cruise to actually making it a good business took two years, two or three years even um the reason is the, like why i'm saying this is initially it was just an idea like so i wanted to go to brazil in the for the winter to work from there online and then i saw that there was like a very fairly cheap cruise that was going from uh, spain to brazil across the atlantic because all cruise ships are doing these repositioning cruises where they just need to move the the ship you know to the caribbean for the winter from europe or things like this And I saw this trip and I was like, wow, this would be amazing because, you know, before that I was traveling in South America and I was always like found it always very hard. Like I go to Rio, I go to Colombia every time I need to meet new people. So would it would be cool to go with a lot of nomads together, meet them on the ship. And then when I arrive in South America, I could go to Rio or to different places and they would already all be working there, you know, so we kind of like do a little bit of networking on the boat. So what I did is, that was my idea when I saw this cruise, like we can go together and then it will be a nicer time in South America. And um, so I just said, let's go. And, um, and I posted this offer for the super cheap cruise. And, within, and then I had some uh, pretty famous nomad friends who also shared this. Um, but basically after three weeks, we had over 100 people who had booked this cruise, but I still had no business, right? So I just saw like people love this idea and we're going to meet on a cruise ship, but I didn't sell it or anything. If I would have started to negotiate with a cruise line, you know, to organize these tickets, I would have already stopped there. And um, so this was really just like a little of a guerrilla meetup on a cruise ship and um, and people loved this. And then I was like, okay, now I can turn this into a business. And I actually one week before we had this first cruise, I started a website called Nomad Cruise. We put the logo there, you know, and then we sold some t-shirts. That's how I made money. I just
0: sold, <laughs> he sold t-shirts. I love it.
1: Yeah. But these t-shirts are now like, if you look, like you go to Bali, you go to like many places around the world where these nomads are, you will see this logo everywhere from people who have been on the ship. It's kind of like a, it's like a little nomad logo. Like we don't even say the, the word of the cruise, just very tiny in the background, but it's a, uh, it has worked pretty well.
0: How much risk was there on your first cruise? Cause you, as you're describing it, it sounds like, I love this idea of kind of doing almost a, a meetup on a cruise. Did yeah. you have, did you have room blocks or did I, I think I might've, I misheard that. Did you just say, Hey, this cruise ship is going from here to here. Tickets are really cheap. We can all get on who's in. And then yeah. everyone just booked their own stuff. So, did you have zero risk? I had zero. your own? I okay. love that. Okay, so then you proved the concept worked because 100 people said that they're in.
1: Yeah. The
0: next time, the second, third time around, did you start to add a little more structure? Did you put yourself yeah. into the game a little more? Can you talk about the evolution of it?
1: Yeah. So, first time was just a meetup. The second time, I said like, okay, let's make this cool and let's do a little bit more talks and conference. And we ended up having two hundred people, actually. the first one was hundred, the second one was two hundred people and I was running this pretty much by myself and then I realized on the cruise how naive i I actually was, like to organize like bring two hundred people as now being the real organizer on the ship and then we realized you know we need to make this better, we need to give people better ways to connect and whatsoever so from the third cruise, and now we have in total organized 10 from the third cruise we started to like really think about the program what we're going to do on the ship and i mean now it's an amazing way of networking we're doing like shark tank shows talent shows uh um talks in the morning and like really briefing of speakers speaker dinners and stuff but this was always like a progress like each cruise we did a little bit more and um my thing was just that I realized, you know, the more people you bring, the less easy it is for people to actually feel part of this community or of this group. If you organize an event for 1,000 people, they don't really feel, it doesn't really feel like a community anymore, right? It's just like 1,000 people going there. And so we wanted to do the best way to bring more people on board, but also make people really connected that no one you know goes on their cabins and feels lonely or because they can't integrate into the group so we did a lot of networking and and like give you know make people um do their own shows be part of this whole cruise it's like a whole skill sharing experience
0: man that's outstanding i i love that and uh congratulations on all the success um certainly pray that you know things get back to normal and then even better very very soon for you um, I would love to be part of that next cruise because that sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> and anyone yeah. out there right now, if you're listening, uh, of course you're listening to this, but check out the Facebook group, global digital nomad network. It's global digital nomad network. You'll see, uh, Johannes Volkner is start of the group. It's about six years old and there's about 47,000 some people go check it out on Facebook and then follow Johannes, uh, underscore Volkner at Instagram. And you can see all of his cool cruise pictures and lifestyle and everything else in there. Um, Johannes, final question for you, and I'll let you get out of here is, you know, oh, and of course, nomadcruise.com. We'll talk about that a little bit more too. Um, Of all of your entrepreneur and nomad journey, if you could change anything along the way of what you've done and how you've done it, what would you change? Or would you leave it all the same?
1: I would... um... I would think less and do more, right? Like, because the best way to learn is to actually, you know, just do it, right? Like, just try it, try things and like fail fast. And, um, and sometimes you lose quite a bit, but the best way you, you know, you can read as many books as you want in the, in the moment when you need to sell a lot of tickets or, you know, you're running into, uh, Cruise problem like what we had right now when we need to cancel. That's when you learn crisis management, or that's when you learn sales, you learn marketing, right? Like, you know, sometimes you put yourself into situations and and um, yeah, just do it. But like, do things, you know, like push yourself. But like, always kind of, you know, don't try to organize event for one thousand people if you've never done one for one hundred or five even or five hundred before, right? But um just do it, right? Like and push yourself constantly and don't think too much.
0: Don't think too much. I think we 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 all could use that advice. Thank you so much, Johannes.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: All right, guys. That's the show for this week. I hope that, w- that was interesting and valuable. Again, I'm uh we just recorded this a couple of days ago, so I'm putting this out right now because I just I think it's so relevant to talk about uh pivoting in business right now. And I hope you got a lot of uh value bombs out of Johannes and out of certainly someone who is is running a business of cruises and what an industry to pivot in. Uh, Remember, check out Johannes Volkner on his Facebook group, Global Digital Nomad Network. And check out, of course, nomadcruise.com because, look, at some point, cruises will be up and going again. Um, Right now, in the moment, if you're listening to this as it's dropping live, you might not want to go on a boat. But, hey, you might be finding this episode in our On Demand, on Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're listening to this On Demand... It could be a year from now. And you're like, what are you even talking about? What crisis? I want to go on a cruise. So check out nomadcruise.com. I hope I get to go on one of these nomad ventures as well. I'm very excited. So my thanks to Johannes Volkner today. Hey, that's it for me, Matt Browning. Make sure you follow me at social media. If you want to see uh, some, you know, I always do live stories. I do live podcast episodes and live radio uh, recordings uh, from time to time. So if you jump on and follow me at Matt Browning, you'll get notified when I go live and you can actually be part of a podcast episode. Thanks for listening. Get out there this weekend. Well, I guess stay in this weekend, but crush it and get ahead in business while you have all this time. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.